Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. Hello, Colin. Hello, Edwin. Good to see you guys here today as we're continuing to talk about Psalm 98. Yeah, we are. Here, here's the series of Psalms. I was talking to some of our faithful listeners the other night. And uh, I appreciate them so much. And by that, you mean they continually listen to this program? That is what a, faith, <laughs> that is what a faithful listener is. Okay, yes, very good. Yes, okay. Absolutely. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> that, so, yeah. So as hey, we were talking say about... Say that into the microphone. <laughs> I'm not. Well, yeah, there you go. Get on the mic. <laughs> so, this any, guy's trying to have plausible deniability. <laughs> I wasn't actually on the show. You never actually heard me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... All right, look, stop stop derailing me. All right. I was talking to a couple of faithful listeners of our podcast the other night, and I was saying, here's the struggle that I have right now in this section of Psalms. I mean, this is these Psalms from Psalm 93 to 100. It's fantastic. It's all this praise, but it but very much, I mean, here's here's what these Psalms are. God is king. Mm-hmm. Idols are worthless. I've read that part. Worship mm-hmm. him. Yep. Heard that. Did I mention that idols are worthless? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did I talk about God being king? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Just Definitely. like over and over again. People God is king. People don't idols even know. Are, people, they don't even know. <laughs> they don't even know. God is king. Idols are worthless. Uh, worship God. Praise him. Okay, let me throw in a new song, but really that's just about worshiping God. I mean, it's just over and over again. So there's a lot of repeated themes, and that's good. I, you know, I, I love the sections in our songbooks that have songs that go together, and Absolutely. I think we've mentioned this before. Uh, there are a lot of times we'll have days of worship where guys will bring up the songs that, that drive home the same point, and well, we sing them together, and it's powerful. We're reading lyrics, but, you know, part of the performance would have been different tunes, I'm sure. Oh, however they would do yeah, that. Yeah, and different chants. Yeah. Yeah. However they would do that. Uh, so it's that, that, that same kind of thing for us today. But it does make it hard as a weekly devotional, let's talk about it. There's a lot of repeated themes here. But apparently God wanted us to think about these themes repeatedly. Well, what's the rule about education, you know? I think Buddy Payne mentioned that for us in a lesson recently. We (laughs) heard that in a sermon a few weeks ago. He said it was repetition, repetition, repetition. 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 Yeah. Those are the three rules of teaching. Three rules of education. Anyway, so here we are in Psalm 98. Let's go ahead and repeat it. Would you read it? Yeah, but, you know, some of the variation we bring is to read it out of a different English translation each day. So today I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Mm. Psalm 98. A psalm. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory. The Lord has made known his salvation, his righteousness he has revealed in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his mercy and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth in song, rejoice, and sing praises. Sing to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of a psalm, with trumpets and the sound of a horn. Shout joyfully before the Lord, the King. Let the sea roar, and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. With righteousness he shall judge the world and the peoples with equity. We talked yesterday about the anthropomorphism of God and his right hand. Think about the anthropomorphism of the rivers clapping with their hands mm-hmm. there in verse 8. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a wonderful description to go along with roaring seas. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, so, yeah, roaring seas, that idea of roar, that also is a figure of speech. It is, because roar it? is a mouth thing, and uh-huh. seas don't have that, but they uh-huh. have that loud noise that sounds yeah. like it. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, here's the interesting thing. The reason why I kind of highlight that is because I know as we deal with poetry, even as we deal with parables, as we deal with anything where we talk about figurative language, mm-hmm. folks have a tendency to say that when you're speaking in figurative language that, well, it, it just it didn't mean what it said. Well, I... You know, no, it did. It meant exactly what it said. It just said it in a different way. Said it in a different way. And the reason, the reason for using figurative speech is not to equivocate. Mm-hmm. The reason for using figurative speech is not to say, I don't mean what I'm telling you right now. Actually, the reason for using figurative language and speech is to draw your attention to it. To It's, it's like, a, like a speed bump in the road yeah. where you have to slow down and figure out, wait, what exactly did that mean? What exactly, I, I know you meant something. And uh, I, I think a lot of times what we need to say, I, folks say, well, doesn't God just mean what he says and says what he means? Well, you know what? The reality is if we're talking about being very literal, well, sometimes he doesn't mean what he says, but he always means what he means. And what we've got to do is get into the text and figure out what did he mean by this? What did he mean? What's actually going on? And uh, I think that's a powerful thing that we have to do, especially in the Psalms, any poetry. I would hate for my wife or I mean even my mother for that matter to get a card from me like a Hallmark card and there is some pretty poetry in there and they would think well Andrew sure doesn't mean any of that yeah I mean why do I get that card because I'm not a poet because this is communicating the sentiments I want to say maybe better than I could say it sure in a more memorable way Mm -hmm. I I mean I really do mean that and this has found words to bring those things across so I mean we understand this in our daily lives in our own communication so let's remember that when we come to poetry in the scripture again and what I want to bring home I, I love that illustration because that does show how natural figurative language is we use it all the time I mean I just used it right there all the time. <laughs> All the time. All the time. Because I don't mean by that that every word coming out of my mouth is figurative. No. <clears throat> You're one of the most literal people I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sweet team. So, <clears throat> the, the point being... That's figurative. <laughs> <laughs> the point being that we do use this repeatedly, consistently, and when it happens naturally, it doesn't actually throw us for a loop. No. We get it. For some reason, we come to the Bible and somebody says, well, he's speaking figuratively here. What? No, we can't do that. Well, everybody communicates figuratively, and God does the same thing, and that's what we're seeing here in these Psalms. So it slows us down. It causes us to think about it. And as we slowed down and as we thought about this yesterday, mm-hmm. we recognized a connection back to Psalm 44. And the right hand of God and his mm-hmm. his arm of strength and the deliverance that he had demonstrated before the whole world. And we remembered that even 40 years after the Red Sea had been divided, the Canaanites remembered it because God had demonstrated that before the whole world. Mm-hmm. I'd like to make another connection. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Go there's ahead. another place in Scripture where we find some of this similar, similar, similar language. <laughs> Psalm 52 in Psalm 50, uh, Psalm Isaiah 52. <laughs> Let me look at my notes right. There we go. Isaiah, Isaiah 52. Isaiah 52, verse 9. Break forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Mm -hmm. That passage is even more closely connected to Psalm 98 than the one we read yesterday. Yeah. And here in Isaiah 52, Isaiah is prophesying before 
the captivity in Babylon uh-huh. and before the deliverance. Hey, he is before the destruction of Jerusalem. Before the destruction of Jerusalem, but he is prophesying the restoration. Yes, he he is. is foretelling that, yes, judgment is coming. When you read the context of Isaiah, he's saying judgment is coming. It's coming on Israel. It's coming on Judah. But that's not the final word. Uh-huh. The final word is God is going to bear his holy arm, and he is going to demonstrate salvation before all the nation and all the ends of the earth are going to see this. Now, guys, I don't know when Psalm 98 was written. I know the Septuagint says, their heading says it's by David. We don't have that in the Masoretic. It may be that David wrote Psalm 98 and was thinking with ex- with the, the Exodus in mind. But then you come later, Isaiah picks up that language to then look right. forward to Babylon. It may be that the, I don't know why the Greeks would add David's name, and maybe the psalm is just later and is borrowing Isaiah's language, especially now that Babylon, uh, now that Israel has been released from Babylon. I know when the psalmist put this psalm in the Psalter, canonically, all of these psalms are thinking about the return from Babylon. And what we have is, once again, God demonstrating his salvation. But I really love the fact that from Isaiah's perspective, it's off in the future. It's something they're looking forward to. They know that God is going to bear his right arm, his holy arm, and all the earth is going to see the deliverance and salvation of the Lord. And it's kind of like for us, too, today. You know, we have have a salvation we're looking forward to, and that's heaven. Um, I was thinking in 1 Peter chapter uh, 1, verse 5, it says, Who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed to the last day or of time. And um, I couldn't help but think, you know, that's for us. You know, we have a salvation through faith. You know, if we stay and remain faithful, that mm-hmm. we'll have a deliverance. Yeah, so so sin. here, like Isaiah, as he's looking forward, he's mm-hmm. able to say, I know judgment is coming, but God's right hand is going to be administered, and he will save his people, and everybody's going to see it. And that's exactly what's going to happen here as we look forward. I, I, you know, things happen in this life, and at times it gets distracting and discouraging, mm-hmm. and we may be afraid that God's not going to win, but what Peter's pointing out is God wins. And, and he, he knows how to deliver his people, and he knows how to deliver his people in a way that everybody else who have ignored God, they're going to see it. They're, they're going to see it. There will be vindication. Well, and he's known that he had a plan from the very beginning. Yes. You know, he, we are, he already knew what was going to happen. He already knew what he was going to do, and he already knew he won. Which is why these fellows speaking by his empowerment are able to say this. Yeah. They're able to see it and say it. I'm just uh, always impressed by Isaiah's faithfulness. I think how strange his message must have sounded in his own day. Yeah. He's a contemporary of Hezekiah. And how is the Lord working during Hezekiah's reign? He's actually protecting Jerusalem from From the Assyrians and delivering them. And yet the prophet Isaiah has this message about, but one day Jerusalem will fall. But not only that, it will be rebuilt and there'll be all of this glory. Um, He went ahead and said that at a time when God was acting to preserve the people. And um, it all happens according to God's plan. Now, as far as uh, this passage, we're looking at the connection here in Isaiah 52 and uh, thinking about how this psalm speaks to a return of of, uh, and a restoration of the Jews to Jerusalem after Babylonian captivity. We see the fulfillment of that prophecy in 
Ezra 1 and verses 2 through 3. Actually, I was turning there. Oh, okay. So here's where Ezra begins. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing. Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Whoever is among you of all his people, may his God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and rebuild the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem. What we have here is a proclamation going to all these kingdoms of the earth once again. This deliverance is not quite as flashy as marching through the Red Sea. No. Not quite as flashy as 10 plagues. I I get it. But still what happens is this deliverance happens in a way that is proclaimed to the ends of the earth, to all the nations. Well, and it was predicted with this time period. That's what makes it, I think, amazing as well. Yeah. It was called beforehand, and it'll be for 70 years, and then you go. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think, the key into Jeremiah. It wasn't just Isaiah that prophesied about these things. Jeremiah did too, and, and others as well. But here's the faithfulness of God, and right on his time, because God can see the end from the beginning. So, and going back to Colin, what you said here, here's the lesson for us. God knows how to deliver his people. He knows how to preserve his people till the time of deliverance, and he knows how to vindicate and provide deliverance and salvation and rescue in a way that the entire world will see. Again, today we've got a choice. Which side are we going to be on? Are we going to be among those who are rescued or are we going to be just those who witness the rescue and then face the judgment that comes upon those who did not surrender to Jesus? I want to encourage folks, surrender to Jesus, turn to the King Jesus. He, he's going to bring salvation. God will judge, and but he will deliver his people. And so let's, let's, let's be on that right side of eternity. That's what I want to encourage. Colin, why don't you take us out with a word of prayer, brother? Our dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this beautiful day that you bless us with. And thank you for the time that we get to read through this psalm. We see your plan of salvation for us. Lord, I pray that others will surrender to you and we remain faithful to you. Lord, we love you and we're thankful. And thank you for your Son and your Son's holy name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.